Oh, oh, one more thing. Just One More Thing, a podcast all about Columbo. I'm John Morris. And I'm R.J. White. Tonight we're talking about Troubled Waters, originally broadcast February 9th, 1975, directed by Ben Gazzara, written by William Driscoll and Jackson Gillis, and starring Robert Vaughn, Jane Greer, Dean Stockwell, Bernard Fox, Patrick McNee, and of course, Peter Falk as Columbo. And every episode of the podcast, we're very happy to invite a guest on to talk about Columbo with us. This time around, we're welcoming back UK comedian or uh, English comedian, since they Brexited the fuck out of everything, yes. Richard Massara. <laughs> Man, <laughs> you started with a Brexit <laughs> mention. We have Get to make somebody to else ashamed. Well, uh, uh, dos vidania, boys. Nizdrovia. Uh, <laughs> it, uh... Yes. Yeah, just re- just remember your Russian overlords. Um, I'm looking forward I've, to coming for over one, and trying some of your potato vodka. I, for one, welcome our Russian overlords. <laughs> in any case, in case you hadn't gathered, it's Richard Massara. But before we somehow bring Richard on again, RJ, oh. tell us all about Troubled Waters. All aboard! When Mrs. Columbo wins a prize vacation in a church raffle, will the lieutenant finally get some well-deserved time off? No! It turns into a trip on the Murder Express. Also on the journey is Robert Vaughn, a high roller with some ill-defined role in the auto industry. Trading tires for the rails, he plans a perfect murder of a blackmailing chanteuse, pinning it on jittery club car piano player Dean Stockwell. There's no club car. When Columbo is tipped off by a stray feather in the hospital car, it's almost too late. There's not even such a thing as a hospital car. (laughs) The frame's so good, not even the engineer believes the ivory tickler is the culprit. With each passing station, time running short, will Columbo be able to expose the real killer before they get to the terminal? Or will he run out of... steam? (laughs) Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hey, wait. Oh, this this episode was on a boat, wasn't it? Yeah, not, it's on a ship. It's on a ship, RJ. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, hey, welcome back to the show, Richard. <laughs> Hello, guys. Welcome. How you doing? Uh, we, we should mention, uh, first off, as we record this episode uh, on October 15th in the year of our Lord, 2016. Uh, Bernard, December. Right. It's a boat. Yeah. <laughs> It's a ship. Bernard <laughs> Fox. We, we, we received the news that Bernard Fox, uh, who plays a purser in this and also was the uh, chief Scotland Yard liaison in Dagger of the Mind, passed away on December 14th. So, oh. yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. So You recently, forgot his uh, most important role, which is um, lookalike of the Pringles guy. Right, <laughs> yes. Well, he did many other things. He was a Dr. Bombay here in the U.S. too, a very beloved oh, role. Uh, on that show, on uh, Bewitched. Um, but also, I, I, we just before the show, we were talking about like uh, Robert Vaughn, who's the uh, murderer in this episode. He passed away just like back in November. So it's a weird thing because usually when we talk about the shows, the 70s episodes, um, a lot of the people are long gone. So it's weird to have some like people who were like such, uh, had such instrumental parts in an episode, like, oh, in the last like month or day... <clears throat> Uh, yeah. having just gone. So he, he, the announcement for his death came out literally as I was rewatching it last night. Like I turned oh, really? off the TV. weird. Yeah. checked my phone and it was on my, it was on my news alerts because of Columbo. Huh. Yeah. Oh, everybody, everybody has those. 
<laughs> you should also you should all have news alerts yeah. for Columbo. I get alerts not, about everybody who's ever in it. Not yeah. for breaking news or the breaking news app and the breakingnews.com. NBC is shutting that down uh, as of December 31st. I just found out today. Oh, really? It's a shame because I checked that at least like uh, uh, several times a week. So a little disappointed. Has nothing to do with this. Well, but anyway, whole day uh, of disappointment. In the, the post fact world, maybe they've just realized they're not actually a news organization anymore. Yeah, there's no there's no use for breaking news. <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. I just, I just downloaded the, I just downloaded the Washington Post app and it's just Candy Crush. Oh, weird. <laughs> that's crazy. It's nuts. What a nutty thing to happen. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so yes, Richard, welcome back to the show. Now you, uh, when we were talking to you about bringing you back, you said you wanted to do that. Why did you want to do this one? Uh, well, RJ, because this is possibly one of the greatest episodes of Columbo ever. It's very good. I mean. Yes. It, it, it starts second shot, bang, you've got Columbo in it, and you're off to the races. Like, it's it's most Columbo for your buck you can get. Right, and I noticed that, too, as, as I was watch, re-watching it again a couple times uh, for this. Like, the last two we've done, because uh, we did uh, Canada for Crime just before this episode, um, it, it's very unconventional for Columbo in that you see him well before the murder happens. And mm-hmm. also, in a very nice long tracking shot, which kind of also speaks to the uh, uh, very well-done direction by Ben Gazzara, a longtime mm-hmm. friend of Peter Falk, and also a collaborator. Uh, yeah. With, so and it, also it, Jackie Treehorn. Right, yes. But I think I think the, the, the main reason he's doing this... <laughs> hey, let's... Let, <laughs> Listen, yeah, yeah. Jackie Tree Jackie Treehorn treats objects like women, man. <laughs> right, yeah, but I, I, I'm pretty sure he mostly was doing this uh, because he was in that whole orbit uh, with Falk back in the 60s and 70s. I like uh, this because it this means I get to repost that. Cassavetes uh, and the everything. Yeah, and yeah. The, the appearance on Cavett. Right, yes, the Dick Cavett show with... Cassavetes and Falk and them just being I, 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 idiots. I still haven't seen that. Oh, watch, you gotta see it. It's great. It. Put it it's on a, the Tumblr. It's a cover and of, of the three of them, Gazar is the one who, if I remember correctly, is the one who most tries, like, guys, we gotta talk about the film, we gotta talk about the art, it's better to do this way. <laughs> or he's the one who's trying to hold it together. I think he's trying uh, to hold yeah. it together. Yeah, more than he is. Ever. He's 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 <sighs> good. He's great. And I this wanna... episode, he does an amazing job directing this episode. He does. It's a, I don't it's, get... re- it's a really well made. Like oh, there yeah. are some really good uh, visual shots in it. It's it's tight. The script is good. Yes. And also another reason I chose it is because it's got um, so many English people in it. And oh I've yes, yes, that's right, right, yes, of course, yeah, yeah. It is the gotta most... re- I've got to yeah. represent. Yeah. It's more it's more British somehow than Dagger of the Mind, which it was is. set in oh. Oh, oh, it's oh. far more so, yes. We've got, not only do we have Bernard Fox and Patrick McNee, we've yes. also got one of the most British Americans known to man, Robert Vaughn. Right, oh, yes. He's, yeah. he's yeah. just he really about, is. he's like that close to British. A little bit, yeah. You could see him doing yeah. that, yeah. Uh, also, this was the closest we'll ever get to uh, uh, John Steed versus Napoleon Solo. There you go. Yes, of course. That is true. But I'd help out with some nerd shit. I don't want to get too far from the opening because I there's something about that really struck me when I watched it a second time last night. Oh, that 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 okay. huge the, long tracking shot, that long the tracking cavernous shot. Uh, warehouse. 
Mm-hmm. I, I realized loved it. I, yes. I realized it was a fake out. How so? Well, because you tune into Columbo, you see Columbo run. You don't know he's won a cruise yet. We know because we read the Netflix summer. Oh, so you think that? Oh, right. I think he's he runs around. He's looking around. He finds the cap or finds what he thinks is the captain. Runs right up to him, and then the first words out of his mouth: "I can't find my wife. We're on a cruise." Right. It's a real good fake out. Oh, it's a. That's like, oh, you're right. It's yeah, one yeah. of yeah. It's one of many great things that were done in this episode. But I definitely wanted to drop uh, some knowledge on that, son. No, yeah. no, it, 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 it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it's a great. I, I was part. wondering what other episodes <clears throat> Columbo has appeared in so early, and the only one I could think of was Matter of Honor, because he has a, yeah. he, he has the car accident at well, right, the, yeah. the little uh, bumper bash, and he get the guy claims he's having whiplash. Right, and stuff. yeah, and then uh, like I said, like the one that we just. Uh, did with J.D. Risner uh, last episode. Yeah, you did it. You did it. Very Canada recently. for crime. So maybe it's he's just it's like own... he's just kind of watching the candidate go through because of that. Oh, so right. it's a weird thing that yeah, I, those offhand, those are the only three I can think of for that yeah. come up. I'm sh- I'm sure there are more, and I'm sure our audience will let us know. They right. will. Yeah. It's also we, got we... to be one of the first ones where he meets the murderer before the murder is committed. Which I love yeah. that. I love oh, that. It was thing. great. It's, it's That's a he's, he's constantly interact, intersecting with a guy before the killing even happens. Which I thought that that's a really nice. I, I kind of and he's I, he's uh, irritating him as well straight yes. from the off. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like I came away from most of this like. Um, a little sad that Ben Gazzara did not direct more things in his life. He was an incredible actor, wonderful yeah. actor, but he had a knack. He, I wish he had yeah. been able to direct more stuff. Yeah. He, he clearly learned a lot from Cassavetes because oh, there's yes. a lot in this show that that feels like Cassavetes, like like weird, grainy sort mm-hmm. of. Hey, I'm there. Uh, the the one that I really really liked was um, later in the episode. Uh, when Columbo is going to talk to the doctor about the um, uh, the amyl nitrate, and it's just fast. <laughs> well, it's yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just thought it's, it was really funny because it looked like Robert Vaughn was about to have just some steamy ass gay seventy sex. <laughs> yes, 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 thank yes. God. It's just oh. <laughs> the whole way through, I'm just going. It doesn't do any of the things you're saying it does. I didn't for gay sex. I didn't want to say. And also, I felt like, you're an L.A. cop in the 1970s, Columbo, you don't know about this, but all right, fine, whatever. No, Columbo doesn't know about the seedy undergoings of the gay But I said, like, there would have been some sort of memo or mimeographed circular going throughout the department, like, hey, this has been popping up a little bit, popping up, so to speak, popping up a little bit, so, like, here and there, but yeah. But um, the the shot where he goes to talk to the uh, doctor (laughs) in the off hours... Um, yeah, in the restaurant. And, and the vast, like, a uh, dining room. Oh, yeah. And it's, it, it's just, like, very far-off shot where you have... It, it's a lot of that. It's, like, a lot of distant mm. shots where there's a lot of things in the foreground, either people or furniture, where you feel like uh, your, your viewer is sitting off a ways. And you're mm. not, like, there on them, but you're, like... It, it, it puts you at, like, a really interesting remove, and it's... Yeah, it's really great. And, and the contrast... A, yeah, sorry. Sorry, this is what I was saying earlier uh, before we started recording. I was talking to RJ about this feels, in a lot of ways, too, like a lot of the, the shoots felt very Kubricky, And that shot is oh, definitely how so? one of... How, like, expand on that a little bit, because that's interesting. Because you mentioned that, because and I like, how? They will use, like in Kubrick, you have uh, a tendency to use a very long, large, or tall 
uh, environment and then do a really a narrow like mid screen focus on the character, oh. which they repeatedly did in like so think two thousand and one which came out about six years before this did six or seven years, and how many scenes you had of uh, of like the astronaut Dave doing his uh, Dave Letterman because I can't remember his last name all of a sudden like jogging throughout the uh, through the space station and they have that long rotate right where he's just in the center of the screen. <clears throat> And then you go 10 years later to The Shining, which is where I was drawing a lot of the the visual comparisons from. And you have that same thing where you've got a giant empty room, two figures in the middle, long long hallway, figures in the middle. Right, yeah. No, it's very cinematic. It's very uh, just trying to make something more of having to do a mystery show on a cruise ship. Yeah, yeah. Because, it, I mean, it feels sorry. like they shot the whole thing on the ship as well. It doesn't feel like a lot of it was then cut, gone back and done in studio. I, I think I think this stuff in cabins was. Yeah, right. that stuff that, definitely feels like it. mainly the stuff, but this like the the restaurant stuff and the all rest, the stuff in the yeah. corridors. Yeah, corridors, so the restaurant, the deck. Actually, that was all done do there. We, I would love to know how much was. Done. Yeah, did yeah. they do for sure the hallway shots in on the ship? They were they were just occasions where they they moved and not in right. that way that you would like move as if you were faking being right. on the boat. Right. Yeah, they, exactly. They, they, yeah. Also, they moved in real ways because the water was clearly very calm. I'm and the, the lighting was really odd and peculiar in the hallway shots. Yeah. So it seemed like yeah, they actually did do a bunch of that. Yeah. I guess I think you're right. There is one scene I remember where uh, McNee and and Falk are. Uh, in the hallway, really close to the camera, and they're moving in unison, but they're moving in very different ways, which was killing me. Yes. McNee is just—he's just swaying beautifully. He's absolutely balanced. He has no problem staying on on his keel. Right. And Falk is stumbling and bouncing back a little which bit. Which is he's great. Just well, it's well, such Mc... a good detail. It's such a good Mc- detail. McNee. Like, throughout the McNee episode, actually yeah. served in the British Navy during World War Two. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a, he's a Navy man. He's he is used to those shorts. He can bend those knees. <laughs> He can bend those knees like a like anybody. Well, one of my favorite things about, about uh, Captain Gibbons, which, by the way, is a terrible superhero name and does sound like Gorilla Grodd's nemesis, but uh, was when he's when he's on the bridge, he stood outside of the bridge very early on, and he just goes steer to two six eight. But he stood outside on the bridge with no instruments. It's like he's literally piloting the ship with pure Englishness, and that's why I love <laughs> Captain Jim. That's why I love him so yes. much. Because he doesn't. He's not. He's, he's not got a sextant. He's just looking out. He's like, "Fuck, it, go this way." I, I'm English. I know where I'm going. Right. That's actually another scene that I thought was uh, really interesting, um, which is when we see the crew sh- steering the ship. Right. Yeah. And it's something they're going to do throughout this episode where n- instead of just showing you – like a lot, I think a lot of cop shows, if they were going to shoot on a, on a luxury liner on a uh, cruise ship, they would be almost always um, on the deck, by the side, getting that ocean, in the staterooms. But this episode keeps going into the, like, the nitty-gritty and the guts of the ship. Right. Yeah. Yes, which is great. And it's, yeah, and it's to, it's to show you this is not about like how lovely it is to be on a ship. This is about a murder, and it's a terrible murder, and, and it's a how, meaningless murder. And how you would commit a murder on a ship and use I, uh, the, the staffing, use the weird infrastructure of it to do that. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it was great. And there, were, there were some wonderful choices made. And the weird thing is, too, it's like I, I was watching it, and well into it, I was looking at the time count, like, oh, oh, God, this is a two-hour one. There's going to be some <laughs> padding. But there was only one... Well, I, there was one spot where I thought there was some padding, but for the most part, it's not n- even nearly as bad as padding in other two-hour episodes. Oh, God, yeah. no. doesn't doesn't yeah. drag as much as no, some of them. No, no. Yeah. What I love about it as as well is when you're saying it's like it's about like a murder on a ship and how you get away with it, or a boat. I can never remember which one it is. <laughs> right. It, I, it's a train, I, I think. Yeah, a I train. It. <laughs> it's a boxcar. Uh, for, an the the ca- for an idiot, the ca- it's a train. <laughs> it's the way the captain is like um is more concerned so apparently on the high seas holiday outweighs murder right. <laughs> oh yeah no yes yeah but I, it's I, like I, we I, can't disturb the guests right they're right. on holiday i do think i like his i like his justification i bought it the 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 uh the passengers come first yeah and i could see how it really panicked them Especially to find out there was a nitrate on board the passengers <laughs> Nicely brought around. Nicely vulgar. Thank you, John. Um, I was going to say about the uh, about, about about the wonderful English people on board. The the, the relationship between um, the captain and the purser, uh, I love that because there's a wonderful sarcasm between it. When they first, when Columbo first turns up, and he, and he's trying to find his wife, he talks to the purser, then he talks to the captain. And uh, he says, I'm trying to find my wife. And the person goes, Mrs. Columbo, sir. And then the <laughs> looks at him and goes, yes, I would have thought so. And I, I right, yes. That's that a is great such line. good writing. Yeah. It's such and good I, scripting. McNee has my favorite line in the episode after that, hmm. which is as Columbo's walking away and McNee says, uh, by the way, uh, Lieutenant, Lieutenant, uh, are you expecting I know any- that. It was a weird thing, the entire thing, yes. yeah. No, it's how, that, it's how it's pronounced. It's, I anyway. know, it's, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, lieutenant. Yeah. But it's uh, but the line was, are you expecting inclement weather in Mexico? <laughs> right. Because he's wearing <laughs> his coat, good. and he's, oh, it's so good. It, it's an interesting to see how they get like the captain to play the role of that uh, bewildered, frustrated police chief. Like yes, the authority, exactly. The authority exactly. figure that yes. Columbo befuddles and exasperates. Yeah, yeah. And that's a really nice way of doing it. Yeah, it's it's an interesting contrast to the other Ben Gazzara episode, which is a friend indeed, right? Or a friend yes. indeed, actually, uh, which is where, also a uh, wonderful, excellent, one of the best episodes oh, of the so, series, and it's really yes. well directed too. Exactly. Um, Why didn't he direct like entire films? He should have. Ben Gazzara, you are good. Uh, he did direct. He did direct one movie that I've never seen. What? What did he do? Uh, I'm gonna have to look it up. There's a poster of it at one of the antique shops in town. I always think about picking it up. Well, there we go. That's an. <laughs> That's all I could tell you. Yeah. There we go. Anyway, we'll figure it out later. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of movies I haven't seen. What were we just talking about? I got distracted. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, we were talking about Columbo, I believe. Oh, fair enough. Oh, it's in A, a Friend in, in Need. You're right. Where the, the police chief character is the opponent to Columbo. He's the actual murderer. So. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's true. Interesting to about, you know, if we want to talk about the performances in this and where, like Gazzara's real influence, I think, is how he was affecting the actors. Mm-hmm. Because let's go, you know, compare um, Dean. Oh, go ahead, Richard. I, I was, I, you and me were about to make the same point, I think, in that Dean Stockwell is oh so God. good. Oh, amazing. So good in this episode. And I, I have and to, strange and just wonderful. Yes. Just like, yeah, real rabbity and twitchy. 
and he he oh. can you can tell he's arguing with himself as he walks away in so many scenes or even in the very last scene the very last time you see him he's not done with the conversation columbo is still talking and he already turns around and yeah. starts kind of muttering to himself and you can see he's already out but there's yeah. there's a i love in that scene too there's like a great um columbo through line through the, the entire mm-hmm. series where he tells him like don't lose heart sir because yeah, it's, it's a, just it's, routine procedure it's it's that lovely yeah. thing where columbo knows someone's been accused of a murder comes up in a lot of other episodes like i know it's not you i'm mm-hmm. going to get the guy yeah. who actually did it yeah, he even tells him, which is fantastic. Yes, yes. which I always, I love it in the show when Columbo comes out explicitly and says like, yeah, that's the bastard who did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But, I have to but think... also, Robert Vaughn is the, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We all love Robert this episode too much. But the word, the word, the word bastard remind me like, I think uh, uh, his character in this is the poor bastard in this episode, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Dean Stockwell's episode uh, Dean Suckle's character is the poor bastard in this episode. Like Definitely. The sap who just like, oh. Yeah, Which is, I mean, his, rea- his reaction when they ask him about Rosanna and he's like, I haven't seen her. Actually, I was kind of worried. That, like, that is perfect. And then when she's yes. told he's, uh, he's told she's dead, his, his reaction is just, it's not overstated. It's no. not over the... Yes. Like, it's so many other enough. actors in oh. Colombo overplay that moment and... Yeah, it's, I, it's I, great. I can't I can't say enough good about him. Yeah, despite no. that despite that facial hair and right. that hairstyle. Oh mate, that that haircut. What the hell do they call it? Is it called the Red Sea? Because that is a Jew <laughs> with a massive parting. I think it's I'm it's sorry, called no. the Bernard Fox, I believe. <laughs> it, it, it's a much faster. It's like a a much better part than he got in um, uh, the most crucial game. It, it's nice. way better. Oh, getting yes. killed with a block of ice. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, he looks like the same kind of guy, sort of. But he plays it much better here, being allowed oh, to live. so good. I yeah. think one of the so other good. things that Gazzara must have influenced, and this is a Cassavetti's influence, if ever there was, is the violence against the women and how tough the women are. Oh, my God. I, I, I have, like, a, the when uh, Vaughn... I wrote the word... So, yeah. I wrote the word boo on my legal pad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. When when when, when freaking weak. Vaughn like punches her or slaps her, that's terrible. My that's God. the thing. I will, he's such I will a bastard. You, he's terrible. I'll bet you. I'll bet you cash money uh, in the original script he was supposed to slap her. Yeah. And I bet you Gazara said you're too punch angry her. to slap her. Yeah. Yes. Punch her. Yeah. Yeah. But well, she's but great. He, oh, she's good. Oh, sorry. But you know what? Let's bring up like a uh, Vaughn. Let's go. Let's throw it to Richard. Great. Actually. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but talk, Vaughn is great in this. But yeah, yeah. He's so good. But we can talk Vaughn about. Good. Uh, he's 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 a cold-hearted killer in this. He, he he's got a cold heart, but hot fashion. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, hot, very hot fashion. Oh, not, God, not, as, his not as hot, uh, not as hot as the beach bum fella, but yes. Not as hot as the beach bum fella. That that was one, my second favorite thing I I saw in the episode. Oh my God, yeah. I didn't notice the, that the, until the... you posted that. It was like, oh, until you like pointed that out, like, oh my God, and that and, old and guy. that. I sent I sent you a few pictures to your email. Yes, yes, the first yes. the first picture is when uh, Dean Stockwell and Poopy McBoobies are having the argument, and he shouts at her, and that is the shot they cut away to of all the people staring at him having the argument, and I yeah. I laughed yeah. so many pastels. 
Well, actually, so many pastel colors. Well, I, I also want to bring up, like, uh, the, the, you bring that up, the um, cutting away before commercial, because you watch this on um, Netflix, and you better get to it soon, or else. Uh, but there's, like, weird musical, like, wacky musical cues in this episode. Really? Yeah, that, like, there's, there's just weird... yet. Well, not wacky, but, like, kind of upbeat musical cues going to commercial for kind of dark things, I found. They're really like, good at where they cut it for commercial, though, because there's the one where... Isn't it one of them where, like, Vaughn has just finished... Oh, he's done something, and he's staring at you, and I think he's holding the key cutter. Yes. And then they cut the to commercial... Curtis and, Clipper. Yeah. yeah it, very nicely done, the Curtis Clipper. Yep. Uh, and it cuts to black, and it's really menacing, and it didn't feel like a commercial break, because there were no commercials, obviously, but right. it felt like a natural fade to black. Right, yeah. yeah I, di- I didn't notice any of the commercial breaks, because I, I, I wasn't watching it on Netflix or anything. Uh, oh, that's I right. I, I, downloaded. I'm, I'm sorry. No, it's all right. Well, Not no, but I mean, it, it, someone should <laughs> offer that over there streaming, because you, you folks... You've been supporting the show this entire time, but over here we're like, it's still, oh, we it's forgot still on, about Columbo. It's still on TV. It's it's on like three or four different channels thing. every week. Still, that's the weird thing. That and, and Sergeant Bilko are on every single channel, like five, six times oh, a day. I love they Sergeant the, Bilko so uh, much. That's the next podcast. Don't get me started. It is, might be. I know. Can I can I can anyway. I point something out to you sure. guys? And I've got I've got a question for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does Columbo? actually say in this episode just one more thing because the, the closest i could hear mm-hmm. was he says one mm-hmm. other thing like one other thing to mrs danzinger but he never like there's a lot of stuff of Columbo they don't mm-hmm. actually include in this a lot of the tropes that doesn't come in like they, he, he, well, he, he doesn't he doesn't wear his overcoat he doesn't wear his overcoat but he yeah. does forget his coat right it, in the uh, sick bay, which for some reason they call a hospital, and I refuse to call a hospital. It's a goddamn <laughs> right. sick bay. A but sick it, bay you can it's... smoke and read in. It's like right. the greatest library ever. Right, yeah, the, hospi- <laughs> the hospital area of the ship. Sick the nurses, bay. <laughs> the nurses can just, like, smoke cigarettes all oh. live long day. Oh, for that some so weird reason. a fag in a book. Like, <laughs> yes. uh, right. Oh, sorry, that's an English thing. English the fag is a cigarette. Yeah, it's we do with amyl nitrate. You're fine, you're I, fine. It's fine. There, okay. I cannot yeah, well. think of a... I cannot think of a better description of a dream woman than a book, a cigarette, and a load of morphine. <laughs> there you go, yes. Oh, wow, John, John. Yes, Born sir. in the wrong and, era, John. And, and a pack of uh, rubber gloves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, what you're going to need for that, RJ, is some ammo nitrate. Wait, what? Oh, God. Oh, oh dear. Oh, no. Yeah, don't, don't, oh, don't goodness be baby, gracious. RJ. Drink it all down. Good Lord. <laughs> oh, no. That's the that biggest garbage me. dump in the world. Yeah, there yeah. we go. That confused me, that thing with the with the medicine. It, it, it's, a, it's a small point, but the thing with the medicine is, why was it in a test tube? Like, I, I it might, be in might... a bottle and then in a beaker? Because it's, it's exciting. Point, it it's really exciting to drink head. it out of it. I, I, she had to pour the spittoon in. I think it's probably compounded in the back room. Like, they, they don't have... Like just bottles of every kind of medicine. They've got medica, meta, uh, medical yeah, components. But she was maybe. giving him seasickness medicine. Like I know. He wouldn't have have that. Right? Yeah. It, 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 that, right. That was just that was just something that stuck in my head and really annoyed me. Like, it's like why? They have um, a car- they have a cardiac wing, but they don't have Dramamine. <laughs> right. Yeah, yes. Definitely. 
Well, um, let's get going back to Columbo and and the acting. It's yeah. like one of the things I really liked about Columbo in this episode is the way he interacts with the different characters that he has to deal with. Oh, yeah. He's, defer- he's deferential to the captain. Mm-hmm. He's really inquisitive and confiding with Danzinger. He's very straightforward with the doctor. He's just kind of like, doctor, take my pulse right now. And, you know, right. but, and then with uh, Lloyd, he's so friendly. And like, just the way he man- manipulates and knows how to be with each person to get what he wants whilst not doing it in an obvious way. I mean... I love Peter Falk. He's one of the greatest actors of all time, and this yeah. is just an example of him at the top of his game. See, I don't think he's, he's uh, necessarily completely deferential to the captain of the ship. I didn't say he's, 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 he's a little bit um, uh, derogating to him, a little, like, a little bit, because from the start, he kind of has an inkling of who it is. And, oh, he knows. Yeah, he knows who it is. So he's very like, oh, oh no, that that's a that's a good idea, sir. Oh, that's yeah, a, that's, that, a... that's a nice idea, sir. So he's a he's a little bit like, kind of, playing the captain, yeah, to a certain extent. I... You're like he, he's being like he's being generous to them, yeah, he, by he, doing that. He, yeah, he knows he know he, he he's already manipulating knows. him with politeness. Yes, he, exactly. He's bowing yeah, yeah, to his yeah. ego, he yeah. calls him sir. He's always. And can we talk? Can we talk about, about the feather in the in the hospital? That is one of my favorite I moments know, it, in any Columbo episode. It's great because, like, if he hadn't felt seasick, if he hadn't had to go to the hospital car, um, <laughs> if he hadn't had to sit there, he would not have seen that, and that would mm. not have been the thing that keyed him to who the hell pulled this off yeah, yeah and he has great. he has no reason no reason at all to think that's a clue but he's he's curious and he can't let it go in the murder it, room sorry. in the in the murder room he picks up a feather and looks at it and oh actually, right yeah yeah, yeah. Po- right. kind of pop it in his pocket he, he, he acknowledges the feather there and then when he's up there and what i love is the line before he spots the feather is he says he was talking about the waterbed, and he says, I thought I was going to die. And then he puts his hands on his head, and then it's just, he's so still, and he's seen it. And he just leans forward and then crawls down on the floor. It's so nice. Yes, yes, yes. Actually, that, that's, that's actually one of the a great. Yeah. <laughs> one of the highlights of this episode was just watching Columbo do the grimiest, most thorough police work you've ever seen. Right? <laughs> this one! This one has a all lot of, of that. the evidence yes. in the process. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good thing. Like, he has to kind of, like, um, he doesn't have his usual resources. He doesn't mm-hmm. have, like, some CSI team. He doesn't have uh, a bunch of people to, like, uh, do the investigation stuff. He has to do it all on his yeah. own. So he's got to use uh, the, the process of scraping off a pencil and doing all that. That is a really, really, really nice thing where he's just got to <laughs> improvise and... Mm-hmm. Use what yeah. he knows from his experience. His wits. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which is absolutely great. gorgeous. And it's like speaking about his relationship with the captain. One of my favorite moments is when the captain very proudly holding the gun with the pencil in the barrel. Right. And oh so God! This is great. Yes. And then yes, Columbo yes. just really politely telling him it can ruin the grooves. Right. It's like oh, you're doing it. So you're good. doing it yeah. wrong. He, he tells wonderful. him it can ruin the grooves, and then proceeds to pour <laughs> pencil lead all over. The- <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah. He keeps he keeps the bullet in his pocket. One thing we did 
one thing we did discover about Colombo is uh, he's a strong man. He can rip through a mattress like a kid opening presents at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say well. that of the mattress thing. I love because he is so sure at that point uh, that Danziger had committed the murder. He makes him do the demonstration shot with a gun. Yeah through the oh, mattress, yeah. which is such a great fuck you move. I love that. <laughs> it's such a great, like, he, he, he I know you, it's such a great he, power play. It's wonderful. Yeah. He constantly does fuck you moves on Danziger. Like, when he yes. finds the feather and then he does that lovely little sneak out of the room to go into Danziger's room, the yeah. first one of the first things he does is he pulls out his badge. And yep. that's just him mm-hmm. going... I know where this feather came from. I know you did it, and I'm going to get you. And Danzinger doesn't click at all. He doesn't click until Colombo literally, very gently, puts that uh, paper full of the shavings in front of him and asks for his fingerprint. That's the moment when Colombo goes, I got you. I've known you yeah. the whole time. Because sometimes he drops clues <clears throat> with the murderer. Sometimes he, he'll tell them outright. But I think in this one, he never really... Well, I don't he know. Really he, do, he does that. He... he I, because um, I, I feel like he does because like the one point in this episode where it feels like it's padding for a two hour episode um, it's a very very long sequence where they're alone in the kind of like a lounge area of the ship I said, ship. Not I said ship not the boat Yay! the lounge area of the ship where he gives him so many opportunities gives Danziger so many opportunities to do the Oh well, uh, here's how I think it might have happened, and it goes on like like two or three of those, where the guy oh, like, yeah. trying to do that, where I feel like Danziger knows. And they do that also that shot where Columbo's like like uh, scraping through the um, uh, the pool filter for the amyl nitrate capsules, and they cut to Vaughn staring at him. He knows he's seeing him do this. So Vaughn yeah. knows that he found him and is mm-hmm. looking for them. So I think Vaughn knows way, way, way early in this episode, like, okay, I'm kind of screwed. I'm in this very enclosed space, and it's only a matter of time until we get there. I have to try to trick this guy who's playing to be this, like, friendly idiot. But that never works. Never, never works. And they do. Yeah, I always, do. I always got the impression that he thought he had the best of him up until, up until that moment. Really? He always I, thinks, yeah. yeah I, oh, I always okay. thought it, it, that's just my. That's just how it came across to me that Robert Vaughn was always like, "Yeah, okay, you're you're looking, you're on the right track, but I'm always one step ahead of you. I'm smarter than you." And then, actually, just yeah, love, you're right because bit. yeah, you're right because like he buys whatever Columbus Cillium to the point where he puts the gloves with the uh, fire hose. Yeah. And the, yeah. the, the gloves thing. Do you want to, do you guys want to hear my, uh, my theory? Of course. About, uh, Please. Right. Please. Th- this is, this is what I've come up with. The most important character in the whole story is Johnson. Who is Johnson? Who's Johnson? Johnson again? is mentioned once by Danzinger's <laughs> wife. When she says, Johnson must have forgot to pack your gloves. Because the gloves were the golf gloves he was going to use to commit the murder. Oh, they weren't my packed. God. He had to improvise, and that gave Columbo the clue he needed to convict him. Oh, because, 
Oh my god, because yeah, because Columbo totally says like, oh, no one wears yeah. gloves for this. Oh my god, he's the gu- he's the amazing. he's the gunner on the uh, he's the gunner on the ship that doesn't blow R two and C three PO out of the way when when they're in the pod. Oh my god, <laughs> god, that's oh, he is the geez, incidental that's character. It. That's totally it. That's that it. Makes wow. this, and even you know what? And I don't know if uh, we got. I want to give some credit to my oh, boy Jackson man. Gillis, who I love as the script editor on this yes. show. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray Jackson. that he did that one. My God, that's uh, you know, there's wonderful. A, there's another isn't, throwaway, isn't that good? That's very there's another good. throwaway line that I thought really implied a whole backstory, and it's when uh, Columbo asks if they can get one of the photographers, one of the ship photographers, up there to photograph the body. Right. And the purser tells the captain. You know, the captain's fighting against that, and the purser says, uh, names one of the, the the photographers and says he's very discreet. Forbes, very discreet chap. Forbes, yes. very discreet chap. Yes, yes, yes. And the and the gimmick. I mean, obviously, what we're meant to draw from that is there's a lot of people he's photographed who are not there with their wives or husbands, uh-huh. but they're there with someone. So he's discreet. He is able to hide that stuff. But it also kind of it, oh, so it implies like the number of affairs going on in this ship. Oh, right. Which is just normalizes the relationship Vaughn had with this ship singer. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Wait, with with also the uh, the shows on this cruise ship that go uh, apparently until like two three o'clock in the morning. Come, which, come enjoy three hours of not, guys. I guys, could not I, work out in my head how the entertainment on the ship worked because it just seemed like ridiculously late. Uh, bad bad music shows and then bad <laughs> magic shows well, the, you for mean, like two hours. You mean the world's longest a, rendition of Volar? Yes, no, exactly. Ever. Oh my good and, lord. And po- I've, I've got a question about the magic trick. Right? Uh, what the fuck right. is sure. that magic trick? Is the real magic how the magician made a trick with a gun and broken glass, confusing and dull at the same time? If, <laughs> Lee, if Lee Beaton is listening, please comment on this episode or email us and we will somehow clarify that because it is not a good but, trick somehow. But yeah. No, that's because, a, that's a good trick. They fired the this. gun through him. Yeah, I don't know. No one's going to think you're going <laughs> to no, fire a didn't. bullet through somebody. No, they didn't. No one thinks that. <laughs> that's ridiculous. No, right that's through, a dumb trick. Straight through the card. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing. That magician should have got hold of some of Danzinger's trousers, because that man can hide more things in his trousers <laughs> than any magician I've ever Curtis seen. Well, you know, let, 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 yeah. Let's switch to that. He is know, a pants smuggler. I know, he Richard, you wanted... so much contraband. Right, right. So, Richard, I know you want to talk about the, the costuming, of especially Robert oh. Vaughn in this episode. So, please, uh, go ahead. Oh, mate, uh, what can I say? I mean, it, it, it's one absolutely astounding outfit after another. The white suit, red shirt with the ascot tie. Perfect. Yes. Even, the, even the white pants, black jacket combo. He just pulls it off. Uh, it, the man yeah. loves a wide, pointy collar. And uh, can I just say that the, the the most beautiful thing he wears in the whole thing is the toweling top at the poolside. I don't know what the hell that thing is, but I want. Oh, one. before before uh, he fakes I, I his want to be, I want to yeah. be buried in it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. My, well, actually, my, I'm sorry, John. Go ahead. No, just uh, my, my wife, bless her heart, when Robert Vaughn gets his shirt off, goes the perfectly adequate chest of Robert Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I saw it and it felt like. I wish at that age I could look like that. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, no shit. At <laughs> age 41, I wish I could look like that. So there you go. Uh, the dude was yeah. probably in his 50s then, so it's like, God bless you, sir. 
Yeah, it wasn't thing wasn't bad. It wasn't even an insult. But um, but please, I mean, please go well, on. well uh, costuming wise, oh. let's talk about Columbo a little bit. Uh, the implication visually of through like uh, three quarters of this episode, he's wearing his usual Columbo costume outfit of the very sweaty shirt, the tie, the jacket, the pants, whatever. But when you get to this final sequence yep. where he's confronting, it's a very relaxed, uh, tropical uh, Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. Oh, where he's really I love final, that Hawaiian what do you guys, shirt, that brown Hawaiian shirt. Yes, what do you guys think of that, oh. the implication of that? I think his wife uh, was getting irritated with him wearing the clothes he wears every day. Yes, right. Yeah. But then also, he felt comfortable because he's like, I got this set, I'm fine. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's because it's because he's making his move and he can now relax and be on holiday. Because it, the first time that he hums or sings or whistles, this old man oh, is right, when yes. he's got oh, the gloves. That that like you, you never yes. hear it throughout the episode. It's not even done in the music, in the incidental no. music. It, it mm-hmm. never appears right until, up until the very end. He's got his man. He's yep. happy. He yep, can yep, relax. Yep. He's on holiday, and he just goes. There, there was one moment with the captain when uh, he, he, he's basically just like, oh, um, I'll show I'll show you in a minute why this is important. He's just doing something but with the gun and then whistling and singing. And he's like, I'll show you in a minute. And he knows he knows he's about to do the fingerprint. But he's just like, I'm going to eke this out. Yeah, there's no there, stress. Sweating his balls off. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah, there's no stress yeah. at that point where you just like whistle this old man. He's just doing his little work. Yeah, they learn from some party, which I love that too. Like, uh, there's that weird uh, background of Columbo thing where, like, some other older detective taught him that in his early days. Yeah, to use graphite from a pencil, scraping it off. Which I love that. Yeah, it's standard procedure for boat cops. So good. There you go. Uh, Ship cops. Yes, ship cops. Ship. Um, and also, we haven't (laughs) talked yet about how this whole case is brought up in a matter of honor yes well which we we actually we brought that episode up we brought that episode up earlier in that it's another columbo episode where you see him before the murder actually occurs but he gets roped he gets roped into that case because he's famous throughout mexico because of this case they specifically mention it, which is wonderful. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They talk about like that's right. Oh, we, we, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, we read about Columbo in the newspapers down here because you came into the dock and you had found this guy in the course of like a two-day cruise. Yeah, and that's why they uh, pulled mm-hmm. him into it. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, it's nice to have some kind of continuity to Columbo, which is weird. It's not right. something it, they really invest in. Yeah, it doesn't happen that often. So when it does, mm-hmm. it's like. Oh, that's fun. Especially uh, dorks as we all are. It's nice to see that. To have some sort of like, <laughs> we love Speaking the continuity! We gotta have... Oh, what? Says, well, there's a, there's says a guy writing, writing his second book about old comic stuff, for crying out loud. Beg your, beg your pardon. It's, I'm it's sorry. scholarly. And, and where is... And, and uh, when is that being released, John? Uh, March 23rd, actually. There we go. Great. You can now pre-order well, I, it on I, Amazon. We'll do that at the see, end of the show. Yeah, we'll do it at the end of the show, but it doesn't hurt to throw in a pre- plug. Pre-order it on Amazon, John. That sounds that sounds like a bargain. 
Yeah, see, exactly. I'll be, uh, yes. I'll be ordering one of those right now. Thank you very there much. We go. I'm, yes. I'm going on my phone pre-ordering. There, there's no bad time um, to bring up a plug, John. Maybe in the middle of the show, but okay. Yeah, here we go. Oh, Can we, if we have a low please. moment, I want to talk about one of my other favorite things. It's also when he first meets, first sees the body. And oh, I do yes. have to feel like oh, this is a fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yes. great. <laughs> It's lovely. I know what you're going to yes. say, it, but it's lovely. You know what? I'm not yes. going to say it. We all like it. We all know it's fine. No, say it, it, please. please. No, no, no. Say it's, it. uh, Keep on I have talking. To, I do have to Keep feel this talking, is... John. <laughs> this is Kazara and Falk collaborating on this, but when, you know, Columbo has his jacket half on when he enters the room, sees the dead body, that's it. He doesn't put it on. He leaves his jacket half on. Hmm. And his collar is up while he investigates the body. It's fantastic. He forgets is that what you got? Boat? Yeah, because <laughs> he says we are. Yeah, that's right. On a ship, he says we are at sea. I'd forgotten because all of a sudden he's just like there's a murder in his brain. Yeah, nothing is important except taking care of this this victim. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, and also can I can I also just oh please go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say that when he when they find the body when he's brought in that is possibly the most English scene that Columbo has ever walked into because you've got three posh Englishmen, three posh Englishmen in full regalia standing around a semi-naked dead woman on the high seas. That (laughs) gentleman is how we, as a tiny island, once ruled a third of the world. (laughs) (laughs) What an impertinent father. Like when he walked in that, I was just like, yeah, that seems normal. English. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> dead woman, three men in dress. <laughs> well, the thing As is that that, that scene too is like a really great, I think, uh, funny Columbo scene too, where he starts he he shows the signs of being ill, and someone says like, "Oh, I thought you homicide detectives, you could deal with this." Like, no, it turns out it's just uh, seasickness. Yeah. Because usually you don't see yeah. like, you see Columbo being sad about murders and everything, but like he never gets sick at it. He's not like the uh, rookie over to the side uh, putting the hands on and he's vomiting by the the uh, uh, problem no. car. No, he's not like the students at the beginning of Quincy. Right. Yes. Ex- <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Yes. Sorry, I'm, I'm pulling out all of my references. No, it's good. This is fantastic. No, yeah, keep up with you guys. No, 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 it's good. Um, but yeah, no, it, it turns out just like, oh, no, he just is, is not good at being on a ship. I didn't say boat. He's not good at being on a ship. So, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I, I brought up my uh, stupid idiot intro, but this, to me, felt very Agatha Christie-ish, this whole thing. Because hmm. you're in a very okay. enclosed space, a very, very uh, a short bit of time, and you've got like like ticking clock to sort of solve to solve the murder. And I don't know if you guys were reminded of that yeah. at all, or I'm an idiot, or I don't know what the hell that is about. But that that's what I felt like watching this a couple of times. That this seemed like a very almost classic sort of. Uh, murder novel to me. I said I hadn't really thought about that. But yeah, yeah, I mean, can see you, that. Yeah, once you've got a character trapped somewhere that right. uh, and a mur- with the murderer, then yeah, you've kind of got that drawing room mystery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and also uh, the actual murder plot itself. 
Uh, the quality of it. If, uh, if there, well, if, yeah. Yeah, if there hadn't have been a... Uh, well, if there hadn't been a Columbo on board, would he have gotten away with it, you think? Probably, or no? Oh, yeah. With, I, yeah. Sorry, I mean, that, that, re- that receipt for the gun is cast iron. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. <laughs> they would have they yeah. thrown Lord in, Lloyd in the brig. I'd have I think the, that receipt. The mere fact that Lloyd was so sketchy and hyped up and weird meant that he was not going to really get a fair chance. Because, you know, look at the captain's the ultimate authority there, right? He's the guy who's going to decide who the Mexican police are waiting for. And uh, we already on know the high, th- on the high seas. <laughs> but you know that the captain is already he's already frustrated by <clears throat> Columbo's apparent shoddiness and his confusion. So you're going to take Dean Stockwell's character, who is basically a living electric bolt. <clears throat> he just has no focus, no concentration and no real dignity. And obviously the captain is going to just equate. Well, we found the receipt. We found him. It's done. Give him to the Mexican cops. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Would have yeah, gotten away with definitely. that. Right. But what I like about this is a lot of other TV shows, they would have been sticking to that to the very, very, very end. But this episode, Columbo is actually, with the hard facts, able to convince the captain, able to convince the doctor that, oh, this is what the actual real thing is. Because a lot of other shows, uh, for the sake of drama, would have been like, oh, they're not going to believe him at all. But this, it was actually uh, people who were like, oh, actually, that makes sense. You're right. Mm-hmm. This guy is probably the mm-hmm. one who did it. And I, I really appreciate that about this episode, that the, the the folks on board, the skeptical at first, when they're actually presented with things that actually made sense, they were like, oh, okay, I, yeah, you might be right there, you uh, little raincoated man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which I thought was a nice a nice thing and I thought fit in with the rest of the show, like the series, that people eventually realistically believe Columbo when it comes down to things they cannot disprove. And yeah. Which I thought was yeah, interesting. He, 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 he builds up all the case and he, he shoots down all their, um, all their opinions with fact. Right, yeah, right. yeah. Or even when he's, he's making, up, a leap. and he's like, "No, look." Yeah. Even when, when he's making like a leap, the heart, he's ch- the heart thing. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like when the he heart uses thing the was heart like, yeah. uh, information, and he goes, "Look, it was it it, it it was steady, and then it's jumped up at the time of just after the murder, and right. then it goes back down again." Mm-hmm. And the captain and that's even the did doctor. a little scientific. To, yeah. 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 And I think by getting the doctor on side first. That makes him easier. He knows if he gets the doctor on side, because the doctor's a medical man, he will, you know, hard, hard facts will work well with a medical man. And he can then use that, because if the doctor is like going, yeah, I, I see that this is plausible, the captain's right. more likely to look to his doctor, to his, um, to his Beverly Crusher, to his McCoy. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Yes. Uh, Crusher McCoy. Um, Speaking of which, actually, uh, one of yes. my notes is uh, about uh, uh, Susanna, I believe, rather than, rather than her real name, which or sorry, Rosanna, which we'll, we'll throw to Richard for that. But uh, she was dressed like she was in Star Trek. 
A little bit. That's a good point. Yeah. Yes, that seems like. But maybe that was just the 1970s on <laughs> cruise ships. I never went on a cruise ship in the 70s or in the other intervening decades. But right. it seems like, yes. <laughs> yeah, you're really into them now. I mean, we can't get you off a cruise ship. I know. I love going on cruise ships. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. Just stocking up on amyl nitrate. Well, yeah, you're right. right. <laughs> That's <tank>. right. Screaming, <laughs> clutching my faking, arm, falling I'm, into the pool. I'm yeah. faking heart attacks all over the place. Yeah, Where, wearing your beach bum t-shirt, just yep. a pair of <laughs> bungee smugglers. Oh sure, yeah. We can't keep you away. Um, yeah, oh, I know that that rendition of Valare uh-huh. is. One of the most hilarious things I've ever seen. It's very strange. The microphone didn't actually. Oh god! And she she ends with there's that a, Lena Horne bit, bit too. No, it's a oh, very god. peculiar, a bit... low cut rendition of Valare. And oh yeah. my god, mm. maybe that'll be the uh, that'll be the end of Perky this episode. Ma- I don't know. Perky yeah. McPoopy. Um, <laughs> the thing is, there's a bit in it where there's a bit during there's a bit during that song where she sits on a on a man's lap. And for some reason, it just—I really hope, because uh, it reminded me of it. I really hope it's the inspiration for the scene where Jessica Rabbit sits on Marvin Acme's lap at the nightclub. <laughs> oh, it's because the guy be was sure. wearing a similar type of jacket and he had the bald head. <laughs> oh, it was beautiful. Uh, the fact she moves the microwave, the micro, the microphone away from her mouth, and right, like, yeah. it's and, still and the felt, same singing volume. And he felt good because he'd been doing sitting up exercises earlier that day. <laughs> so yes, and then they yeah, played patty cake. My favorite thing about the Valari bit was that she would keep handing the microphone to audience members, and then oh, you, they so wouldn't good. hear them. Yes, they didn't come so in good. later and redub them. Which really, that's what you really wanted. You don't want to hear those people. Yeah, why are them? <laughs> Give them the feeling they have the power to affect the show. The, the, like, no, no. She literally sang the chorus and one stanza of the song repeatedly for possibly 15 minutes. Like, people yeah. must have been so bored by the end of that. Yeah. Oh, God, thank God it's over. What, if, what right. if it wasn't one long song? What if she, like, finished Valari and then said, okay, ladies and gentlemen, the only song I know, Valari, and then just broke into it yes, again? Yes, exactly. Valari. Okay. <laughs> Like in the wedding singer, all they know is uh, spinning right. right round. Right. I look at my notes. I noticed, oh, no, is it, do you want to... uh, I noticed that um, uh, Vaughn, when he's uh, dressed in the um, purser, not the purser's, but the uh, uh, the uniform of somebody who works on the ship, and goes up the stairway, he uses the uh, classic food tray in front of the face disguise. Like oh, yeah. San- like oh, San- the invisible he- tray. That's the tra- right. The tra- like the tra- Santini yeah. did in, uh, and now you see him. Like, oh, no one will recognize someone who doesn't work here as long as they put a tray of food in front of my face. They'll yeah. look past it. See, again, again, yeah. that tra- that tray performs a better magic trick than the magician on the boat. Oh, it's incredible, yes. It just, <laughs> you, you become an invisible behind it. Or it just completely morphs your face into some weird blob that no one can recognize any features as long as you have a tree <laughs> in your face full of food. Oh my god, gracious. Yeah. But overall, this was a very, very good episode, I think. Oh, it's yeah. so good. And it could have been it's, terrible. It's in, my, it's in my top five. It's it in my have, top five. Oh, good. Oh, interesting. It could have been terrible, because if, if you just look at the very basic components of it, like uh, we take Columbo out of Los Angeles. We put him on a cruise ship to Mexico. So you're in a like, weird enclosed thing. 
Uh, you got Robert Vaughn as the killer, and it's just this weird thing where it's a blackmail murder. Like you think, like, and eh, that's gonna be, but it turns out it's great. It's very, very good, which is surprising. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah, it's just kind of, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of stunning. And Robert Vaughn, the only other episode he was in was Last Loot of the Commodore, where spoiler <laughs> spoiler alert. For a uh, four-decade-old murder show, he's not the killer. He should have been in this <laughs> no. other times. Like, the 90s episodes, He Robert Vaughn was still very active acting. He would have been really, yeah, really but... good in a 90s episode of Columbo, I think, as a killer. And I can't sure. believe they couldn't have he gotten... He would have been gr- great, oh, but you've got great. to remember his last, his last Columbo episode was Last Salute to the Commodore. I wouldn't go back to it. Well, yeah, but, oh, but it's not his fault. Seems like they would have gotten him because he was well, still he... doing like scheming. Because he was like, a, it was like a, I think a, a British series is shown here in the U.S. where he played this like old sort of con man, um, teaching a bunch of young con people in like the mid to the late two thousands. Yeah, like, he... I, I can't remember the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like he was still doing that kind yeah, of stuff. Like he was he still could have been like a really really good killer in a Lake Columbo episode. And I'm I'm a little surprised and sad they didn't pull him in. It's uh, called Hustle, by the way. That's it. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. That's, that's the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. I think yeah. uh, the thing about the thing about Vaughn coming back is that about ten years after this, he did perform his most iconic role as Ross Webster in Superman Three, and you can't come back from that. <laughs> Of course not. <laughs> you can't. You can't just be like, "Well, I'm going back to TV after really setting the screen on fire." I mean, first that'll, that'll uh, be on the start. Yeah, so let's be honest with that burning one. Burning the screen right. to the ground. Right. Oh, my favorite my thing. John, just as an John, aside, I thought we'd agree. Oof. I thought we'd agree. Oh, I thought we'd agree never to talk about Superman three. <laughs> so uh, I, thought I thought we'd agreed that. Oh, the Atari the video game. Agreed that. Oh my god! My my favorite middle. my favorite thing about Robert uh, Robert Vaughn is that he uh, he was in this movie called Battle Beyond the Stars, oh, which no. was which was a Robert Corman uh, sci fi remake of the Magnificent Seven, and he plays the same character in both Magnificent Seven and Battle Beyond the Stars. Wait wait wait! wait when did this come out? Uh, Battle Beyond the Stars was 1980. Oh my god! Uh, I remember, I remember catching it at a drive-in, and it's oh my one god. of it's spectacularly bad. Good. Oh, oh, but, what? I mean, what? It's a shock. A, <laughs> I can't. But in I can't formula, believe what you're saying. Okay, well, here we go. We're going to take a quick second. I'm going to tell you about Battle Beyond the Stars. Here's right. who's in the cast: the Luke okay. Skywalker of the cast is Richard Thomas from the Waltons. Oh man! The bad guy, the Darth Vader of this, is John Saxon playing oh. a a murderer, a murderous uh, space tyrant who has uh, body parts of aliens grafted onto him because it helps him gain their powers. <laughs> George, George Pappard as a literal space cowboy, Sybil oh no. Danning. What? <laughs> Why did you not open with George Pappard? <laughs> Why did you open with Sybil Danning? I mean, Jesus. Sybil Danning playing a space Valkyrie whose spaceship looks like boobs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and... Oh um, my god! Nineteen eighty, and then uh, and nineteen eighty, and then every and then, time like, I every time I come on this podcast, you guys just introduce me to something better than I knew existed. No, the next no. podcast we're going to do a one minute of Star Wars gag, but we're going to do it with uh, Battle Beyond the Stars. 
Oh. <laughs> well, let's let's. Uh... Oh, and James Cameron's first uh, spaceship design job. Oh, really? See, I like yeah. that though. I like that though when you get like the guys who made things later on uh, end up like doing the interning with James with mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Corman. That's what and Corman so was like, good for. Yeah. That's great. Like they're like they learned like the very basic like. Cheap and quick, cheap and quick, cheap and quick, and then, though of course the James Cameron, you end up with uh, friggin', uh, it was the, the blue people with tails. What was that thing? Avatar. Oh, yeah. Avatar. Yeah. yeah, they end up with that though. I literally but, thought yeah. it was Smurfs, but yeah, go on. Yes. <laughs> I can't <laughs> yeah. believe I've come on a. Pl- I may as well. I've come on a podcast about Columbo, and you've mentioned Avatar and Superman three. I'm not proud. This is. <laughs> I'm Don't gonna, stop I'm reminding go, me of terrible things that I've I'm seen. I'm going to punch myself after this, but yeah. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn myself into the Hollenbeck division, but yeah. So, <laughs> so before, before we Thank end, guys, would you like to know my no ranking of... Thank you, John. <laughs> but yes. So sorry, go on. <sighs> no, are you all right, John? <laughs> how, do, how come this... This like we were so um, eager to talk about everything when this started, and now we're just—I think we're all like got loopy at some point. Well, yeah, it's, and it's not. Guys, I have no excuse. It's four thirty. Like I had, a, I had, I had. Well, no, for me, it, for me, it's seven thirty, and for for Richard, it's like what eleven, twelve thirty at this point, or eleven thirty. Well, it's twelve thirty for you. Yeah, it's like coming up to half twelve. Yeah, yeah, half twelve. Yeah. Me, I've had like a gin martini with a pickle in it. So yeah, it, it's like that's why I'm loopy. So yeah, there you go. Tell the audience why you won't I've put an olive in your martini. Because here's the thing, I, I, it's a deep dark secret about RJ White. Oh right. I make a, I like making three okay. ounce little three ounce martinis in old uh, old cocktail glass, and nice. the uh, the marti- the uh, mm-hmm. olives the olives. A little bit too briny for me, so I'll put, <laughs> so I'll put a tiny pickle in there instead. <laughs> so there you go. That's a fun fact. Fun pickles? fact about your co-host RJ White. <laughs> so there you go. I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> well, because you're picturing, like I'm a, you're a picturing, whole pickle. Yeah. you're picturing uh, a tiny, a tiny uh, cocktail glass with a with a little uh, mini pickle in it. So there you go. A little gherkin. <laughs> a little gherkin. In a three ounce, mar- uh, three oh, ounce cocktail glass. RJ, you are uh, you are a delightful human being. No, you I'm are not. A delightful human being. No, I'm not. Ask my wife or anyone I work yeah, with. He's, I ain't. He's, he's really, he's really not. No, he's not. I'm very unpleasant and terrible to <laughs> to be around. So there you go. Oh, uh, we, we should get to the ratings. <laughs> so let's, well, let's, let's, say, let's let's start wrapping I, things up. So, I, I'm sorry. Richard, say, yes. All right. Please. Okay. Yeah. Well, would you guys like to know? Would you guys like to know my ranking of the most English person on the ship? Would we? Oh, I went sure. Through and I well, here, here. Let's let's go. Let let okay. we'll do that as part of our wrap up. Uh, let, let, let's uh, wrap things up. So, uh, and, uh, Richard, one, okay. what did you think of the episode? And two, uh, who who are the most English people on the ship? Um, absolutely love. Uh, the episode, uh, mm-hmm. like I say, in my top five, possibly even top three. Um, and the rankings of the most English people on the ship are yes. at number five, the guard outside of Lord Lloyd's cabin. Oh, sure. At number four, the doctor. Mm-hmm. At, num- at number three, Captain Gibbons. Ooh, who beat mm-hmm. Captain Gibbons? Three. But at number three. two, at number two, the crew member who gets the paper and the mattress on the bridge. Oh, <laughs> if you want to good. Spin to the yes, show, yes, clip yes, his yes. audio. 
Because yep. he is he's the most English person. And at number one, uh, the Pringles guy, Percy Watkins. Yes, the, 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 the late beloved Bernard Fox. God bless him. And it, it is worth mentioning, he's Welsh. Close enough for jazz. Anyway, <laughs> Mate, I thought... We're out, we're out of Europe. We're in this together. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yes. We've Brexited at the same time. We yeah. all Brexited this year. Yeah, pretty much. Everybody Brexited. <sighs> um, all right. I thought this was a wonderful episode. Um, I'd seen it a while back, and watching it in this week a couple times, I was surprised it was a two-hour one, but it did not feel like a two-hour episode. It's typical crazy uh, padding those usually have. Um, I thought Ben Gazzara did an amazing job directing it. I thought the mix between uh, the location stuff on a ship and the, the uh, set stuff and most of the cabins was great. It was well done. Um, I, this is a very, very, very good clump episode. I loved it. It was a pleasure to watch it again. John, what would you yes, rate sir. it? <clears throat> well, just uh, just real quick, one of the best directed Columbos, a very unusual Columbo. I think it yes. puts it in the company of something like A Matter of Honor, which oh. um, now yeah. that I think about it, actually shares a lot mm-hmm. in common. Like Columbo, you know, cr- climbing into the back of a um, uh, an ambulance, look at the dead body, which for that matter, he did in Candidate for Crime as well. Uh-huh. But a very naturalistic Columbo, something definitely worth watching. Not a not that's a typical the word episode. naturalistic. Yes, that's yep. exactly what it felt like. Yes. There we go. But uh, but uh, yeah, not one for your first Columbo episode, but in the first three or four, I think this is of the kind of Columbo episode you should see. Right. Probably in my top ten. Definitely I'm not going to be brave right. enough to say five. Nice. But here here's my rating. This is a tricky one Ooh. because of because of the rating system I'm using, which is the the twitches, the the little spasms and the mutterings to himself of Dean Stockwell. <laughs> I have to because there are so many in this episode. I'm going to be okay. rating this episode out of 172,000 <laughs> twitches, mutterings, and little spasms on behalf of Dean Stockwell. And so I would like to rate this episode 169,107 <laughs> twitches, shakes, and spasms and mutterings of Dean Stockwell out of 172,000. That's still good. See ya. That's it's excellent. still very, that very good. good. Yes, I, They're wonderful. I gave it five. I gave it five ships out of five boats. So, very briefly, I always do when I come on the episode. Very briefly, before we stop, uh, the ending to this is very amusing and wonderful. Where Columbo's about to get on the launch. He's like, I'm in the ship. And then he's corrected, like, no, the ship is a boat. And he just is like, ah, whatever thing. That is one of my favorite Columbo endings. It's it's very funny. It's wonderful. And yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Richard fourth and Sarah. Time, fourth time in the episode, do the boat ship joke. Thank you, oh, Richard and Sarah. Thank for, you so much for having well, me no, on. I, I was going to say, first off, uh, thanks, thanks for uh, making us watch this one because it's good. It's oh, a good yeah, episode, guys, yeah. After, after we watched uh, Columbo Goes to College last time, yeah, that's uh, right. I needed yes. to give you guys a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but Belto, thank you Ugh. for, uh, thank you for uh, being on the program again. And uh, if people want to see what you're up to these days, uh, where, where should they go to do that? Uh, they, uh, if people are interested, they can follow me on Twitter at Rich, Rich Masara, 
I-C-H-M-A-S-S-A-R-A. I'm on Facebook as well. I've got a Facebook page. And also, I've been involved in a podcast with um, uh, some of the top uh, stand-up comedians in the UK. It's a panel show podcast. It's called Panel Beaters. Um, oh. And it's it's a new panel, uh, a panel show podcast uh, where three comedians have to be funny to avoid uh, the icy finger of death. Oh, well, that's... It's a low I'm pressure thing. That's great. It's a nice low pressure that. thing. It Check it out. You actually that get is murdered. My, that's my yeah. jam right there, boys. You actually get, you get murdered unless you're funny. That's good. Uh, John. <laughs> yeah, yes, well, sir. all comedians fear dying on stage. Oh, of course, yes. Uh, yeah, John. just like Albert Brooks is dead. Yeah. Yes, RJ. <laughs> oh, my God. Nice. <laughs> Jesus, John. Becky Cyrus. <laughs> anyway. Too soon. Too um, soon. Yeah, too soon. From like 1940, whatever. Um, John, uh, we mentioned yes, it briefly earlier, but uh, tell folks about the book or whatever else you got coming on the line soon. <laughs> sure. Uh, last year, I wrote a book called The League of Regrettable Superheroes, about 100 of the weirdest, wildest, and most underrated superheroes actually published in comic books uh, in since 1939, I think. Uh, and we followed it up with the natural sequel, The Legion of, Su- of Regrettable Supervillains, nice. which you can find on Amazon, also published by Quirk Books in Philadelphia, oh. and features 100 Wait, of the weirdest... Wait, that's in Philly? That's, you know that's in Philly. You pass their offices. Wait, where? Oh, okay. You know, like a year ago, you told me you walked past the Oh, right. Anyway. Yeah, I forget things. Drink, keep drinking, RJ. All right. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, the book doesn't come out until March oh, uh, Can I join you, RJ? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> Feel free. Uh, book comes out March 23rd. I'll be doing a little book tour around what? the Pacific Northwest, believe oh. it or not. Which, yeah. which we will. Uh, about uh, Around about when? Because we'll definitely let people know about that here. And end of March, we'll go ahead and do uh, go ahead and announce it uh, as that comes out. Great. And uh, when do you think when do you think this episode's gonna gonna play? By the way, uh, this will probably be uh, late December, very very early January twenty seventeen at the latest. Okay, I'll announce my other thing after uh, on our next episode. Other thing? Oh, you okay? Fine. <laughs> but what yes, if... you can go to Amazon.com, pick up Mysteries. a pre-order your copy of Legion of Regrettable Supervillains. And uh, and just keep me getting paid. Actually, this will probably be like the the very last week of December, I think. Yeah, so that, so it won't be. At, well, I'll make right, the other no next one. So yeah, when we uh, uh, when we well, talk I about when we, we talk about the uh, one with the monkey and Rip Torn, we'll do the what? What? I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh me, I got. Uh, I got Nobody this. asked. I got this. Yeah. So I got this. I got this podcast. So yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that's uh, just one more thing for this for this time around. Uh, if you want to listen to other episodes of the show, uh, you can go to jmtpodcast.com or look for just one more thing in iTunes, uh, the Google Podcast thing, whatever. We're on all of them. Uh, if you want to follow uh, for slightly more frequent updates, uh, JMT Podcast on Twitter. Uh, if you want to see things we'll repost from other folks on Tumblr, or uh, John's screenshots and further thoughts in the episodes, or jmtpodcast at tumblr.com as well. If you want to write us some sort of email, uh, let us know how we're uh, fouling up, or how uh, we should be uh, godfathers to your children. You can write to us at Columbo not, at the City Desk. Again. Columbo, I know, not again. We had a bit <laughs> of a thing. 
back in June. And they're like, oh, we didn't think you'd think of seriously. Please. Uh, I'm responsible for the religious upbringing of more than 100 children now. I know. It, it's something you really don't want to do. Uh, no, especially because I'm a cargo cultist. Oh, right. That always gets weird. Yeah, you get the social democrat thing, the cargo cultist. <laughs> it doesn't fit in very well. So, yeah, you get the SDA thing. And it's like, oh, my goodness gracious. Anyway, if you want us to do that anyway, anyhow, it's a Colombo at the citydesk.net. That show for this time around. I'm R.J. White. I'm John Morris. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Oh, listen, just one more thing. Yeah, every, every, every episode I've done alternate titles for the episode. All right, let's go, let's uh, go, let's, let's hear it. I came go. up with three, this one. Sure, sure. Oh, God. All right. So, alternate titles for this episode of Lumbo are One L of a Murder. Okay. Yeah, deserve that much. Sure. That's good. Yeah. Uh, trouser Smuggler of Death. All <laughs> right, yes. That abused me so much. No, I think, I think I know and why, this, this I guess. Is, this is my favorite. Uh, Murder Most Loco on the way to Acapulco. Oh! But the loco thing works well for my stupid train thing, so there we go. Perfect. We're all over the map. I like it. <laughs> Perfect. There we go.